welcome to the Home Assistant Podcast, episode number 17, our first episode for 2018. And always, the usual suspects, Rohan and Phil. Hey, guys. Hey. Hey, Happy New Year. Yeah, you happy too. Happy New Year. How are your breaks? Did you get a break? <laughs> I did. It was nice. Uh, I was yeah, okay with that. <laughs> good family time. Yeah, That's exactly. Good. Yeah, I got away for a little bit over New Year's. We went to one of the, I guess, the the party cities and did no partying. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Travel all that way and sleep. Yeah, pretty much. It's a, yeah, a city that normally has 8,000 people and it jumps to about 20,000, 25,000 at New Year's. Wow. Uh, so you have to go to the supermarket at 7 o'clock in the morning if you don't want to spend an hour in the queue. Ouch. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Because they only have one supermarket. Because, you know, 8,000 people, you only need one supermarket. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> so it's a bit, yeah. That was all right. Wow. You know, there are fireworks and all the usual stuff, so it was good. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I didn't really leave the house. I just stayed home. I invited a few people over, had drinks, and, you know, hung out kind of thing. Same. We yes. just watched the fireworks from our house. Like, why go out with the hooligans when you can watch them from home and <laughs> drink cheaper? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so we're not actually going to do a forward look to 6-2 in this episode just because there's so much to talk about with 6-1. Um, over 100 contributors to this release, um, which is kind of expected, I guess, seeing as there hasn't been a release in a little while. Let's see, what have we got? Um, Alexa and, oh, sorry, <laughs> Amazon Echo. And uh, <laughs> Google Assistant's configuration has been moved out of the customize um, area. Is that I guess that was a you know a kind of a legacy thing. So it's all been moved under cloud. Um, yes. Well, Echo has been moved under cloud, and Google Assistant has been moved to Google Assistant. So you need to make some changes there if you are using one of those. And I think. Probably a solid 80-90% of Home Assistant users are probably using one of the two. Um, yeah, definitely. If I had to put a number on it. Yeah. Yeah, so they're moving out of um, Customize, which is a good thing, um, because, uh, yeah, not really the right place for it, but it's just been a bit of a legacy thing, so it's nice to see that that's come out. Um, yeah, so yeah, there were two different pools, one for... Google Assistant one for Alexa to get that sorted. So, yeah, when you do the upgrade, you want to be aware of that. Um, yeah, update to the, it's been an update to the tie, the new tile device tracker um, to stop the disabled tiles from just disappearing, which is what they were doing before. Um, so now you can you know, have them showing. So what's a disabled still, tile? Uh, sorry, so uh, uh, is a disabled tile or is a uh, not present tile? Yeah, so sorry, so it's inactive, not disabled. Right, right. Right. Yeah, yeah so um, yeah, dis- expired, apparently expired tiles are used by some people, but yeah, so I think it is actually disabled slash inactive, so one that you're not using anymore. Um, I don't know a heap about tile, because do, do you, you guys join there, you know, sign up and get X number of people to sign up and get a free tile thing? No, I, I didn't. I did, no. and then gave up, because, yeah. <laughs> and you, you could pay like, you know, five bucks and join the queue to get one. And I, yeah, after like three months, I went, can you guys just refund me? Cause I'm kind of bored of waiting. Yeah. So that left a bit of a, bit of an unpleasant taste in my mouth. So I've never actually used tile at all. Yeah. I haven't either. The whole, uh, you can't change the batteries in the tiles, right? That was uh that was the make or break for me. 
Yeah, maybe um, maybe that's the expired tiles as ones that have had the batteries. Ah, uh, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, what else have we got? Steam. There's a Steam update. Um, yeah. Because I remember actually reading about this a bit. Is that the name of the games suddenly stopped showing um, because of a bit of a change? Um, as uh, it was using the extra information field, which a lot of games don't actually use, so it got um, refactored to use the proper game name. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't actually know. Yeah, I kind of thought. Yeah, I guess Steam could be useful, especially if you know you want to, you know, mute all your incoming phone calls or something like that while you're playing a game. You know, leave me alone. I'm gaming. <laughs> it's also <laughs> good like to that. um add alerts if you want to see when your friends are online. You know, if your friend jumps on Steam, you go, "Hey, your friends just jumped on Steam. You can go play with them too." Yeah, That's and I mean, you, you can customize scenes and stuff too, right? Hey, I'm firing up, you know, whatever, and you know, turn my lights down, and then yeah, activate I can... my Call of Duty scene. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Everything turns green or something. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I actually been playing quite a bit of Call of Duty over the break. Um, went back, right nice. back to the start, um, which is quite cool. fun. Yeah. And going, oh, I remember all this. So it's been, it was less of a, less of a having to work everything out and more of a just going through the, through the story, which was quite nice. That's neat. Yeah, it was fun. Um, so support for ranges has been added to, uh, thresholds for sensors um so you get a upper and a lower or a range um yeah so you define it by upper and lower which is cool um i don't use it myself but you know sounds like it could be something that's useful it's really yeah. it could be good for um things like you yeah, turning your air conditioner on you know make sure it has mm. a drop below this range first and reaches that threshold now turn the air conditioner on so you're not constantly just turning it off and on right yeah exactly um and a prometheus update which i always seem to be talking about um so now all sensors can be pushed through to prometheus which is cool um and there are a few metrics that were that were wrong um some percentages um because yeah uh, at the moment before this was put through any percentages went through as humidity um which isn't very helpful um so yeah some of the labels have been corrected so things like ups battery charge percentage actually makes sense now (laughs) um there's a lot more braking changes um there's a isy 994 platform um egadia server doorbird tp-link energy monitors imap email content um nidamo um some availability changes for mqtt um, Alpha Vantage, some Insteon changes, and um, Orcs Heat has been removed from Sensibo because the, um, the UI now supports on and off, um, which is awesome because I use yeah, Sensibo, that's so that's nice to see. <laughs> I actually missed that one when I was doing the show prep. So that's a lot of breaking changes. Um, we've kind of just talked about you know the some general ones and also fired through all the rest, but I would strongly suggest having a good read of these release notes. I guess that's uh, one of the trade-offs of having, uh, you know, 100 contributors this uh, release and so many <laughs> new platforms. You miss that release and they all just bubble up into that one single release and this is what you yep. get. Yeah. Yeah, and there's been a been a point one release for this as well already. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I well, think there's I mean, uh, some issues with Docker, this release. It took a couple of days for the Docker image to build and mm. stuck in dev mode. So I think, yeah, it didn't go um, smoothly, but... We're getting there. Yeah, they had some. I'm just looking at the thing. They had some purge issues with MariaDB and SQL as well. So yeah, yeah. Could, so that might be a problem. Mm. 
Yeah, the where are we? Got that somewhere. I thought I did. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. Yeah, just there again. They moved some services uh, to proper domains mm-hmm. and fixed ZHA color probe, whatever that is. Can't say I know what that is. Yeah, so the services getting moved to the proper domains um, is because they've done some more work to improve the load time, which is pretty cool. Um, but there are some things, um, yeah, getting to the right convention. So things like Todoist had Todoist.newtask, which has been moved to calendar. Yeah. Todoist underscore new task. Um, yeah, Snapcast, um, MOPAR, whatever that is, and Broadlink um, as well have all been updated. Yeah. Oh, um, Mopar is uh, uh car. Um, what is it? Not Chevy. It's uh, Dodge, I believe. Mopar. Uh, so it's probably it's something to do with that. Uh, right. uh, with cloud pulling up your car, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So should see a bit of an improvement in home assistant start speed, which is always nice. It has always been a bit of a bit of a problem because it's just so big. Um. So yeah. nice to see people. Um, putting work in to actually speed it up, which is great. Um, what was the other thing? Ah, yeah, uh, the... Amazon Echo now supports the covers as well. Yes. yes. So you uh, still can't say uh, open and close, but you uh, can now add your curtains and garage doors and control them from Alexa. So, <laughs> so, so what, what do you, what do you say again? I don't have the cloud component enabled yet, but what do you, what do you say? Is it like a, Hey, uh, like, Hey, voice down. assistant, turn. Um, I th- I'm pretty sure it would still be turn on or turn off. Okay. Yeah, and you know, no support for open and close is still a good thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, some new components. Unsurprisingly, lots of cryptocurrency sensors. <laughs> There's going to be more sensors to track the price of Bitcoin than there are light bulbs in home assistant soon. That's right. That's yeah. right. It's <laughs> it's it's so funny, and yeah, I've kind of been staying out of the whole cryptocurrency thing, and. Then the other day felt reasonably validated when it crashed and dropped like fifty percent. Yeah. Ouch. Yeah. Ouch. Yeah. So yeah, I've stayed out of that. Um, and dark sky weather component. Now, so we think that dark sky was already there, wasn't it? Yeah. Yes. So dark sky has been uh, with Home Assistant for quite some time. I think it was even um, before they changed the name to um, dark sky. We've had the integration with these guys. Yeah, it was in uh, 0.3. And uh, again, now it's kind of normalized under the weather platform, right? Um, the, 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 the sensor still exists. Um, and, and like Phil and I were chatting about before, before we started recording, um, there's, a lot of, uh, there's a lot of stuff underneath the sensor. Um, so if you care about things like dew point or UV index or things like that, uh, and, then, and then whereas the weather component actually has... Um, just a straight uh, normalization of hey, here's the weather, right? Here's and your forecast. Things. Here's your weather. Here's what the the wind is, or whatever. Whereas yeah, exactly. The actual sensor gives you everything that you could possibly want. Yeah. Now I'm not sure if one has a card and one doesn't, um, but yeah, yeah. And obviously, the thing with the the weather component is you get the kind of the weather specific automations that you don't get with the sensor. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah, we don't really have anything to say about the crypto ones, do we? Apart from the fact that they're there and you can, you know, <laughs> if it crashes at three o'clock in the morning, you can get Home Assistant to wake you up. So, so, so. Well, that, that's what I've done. I've set up a, a Facebook alert. So 
uh, if I'm assistant to text, the price of Bitcoin has reached a certain threshold. Uh, I will get a Facebook message saying, sell your Bitcoin now. That's which amazing. I hit the other day, which uh, was a bit awkward. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, just folks, be safe with doing it. Again, you are putting in API keys, you are putting in passwords, things like that. So just, again, general security reminder of um, just be cognizant of that. And if you're backing up your config to GitHub, just make sure you use that secrets.yaml file. Yes. yes. Don't, don't uh, commit it. Don't, don't, yeah, don't commit your, <laughs> your, your API keys and your secrets to GitHub, please. No, though, there's, yeah, because there's both good and bad bots that will watch every commit going to GitHub, and the bad mm-hmm. ones will use your API keys, and the good ones will let you know that they're there. But <laughs> because they'll catch it at the same time, you're still in it in danger yeah exactly hey everyone i just wanted to take a minute to talk about the eufy video lock it's a smart lock that's really easy to set up with just a phillips screwdriver and no extra drilling it's got a keyless entry so you don't need to worry about fumbling with the keys when your hands are full also you don't need to worry about handing out extra keys when you're in a pinch your kids losing them or people copying the key and passing it around to each other something else i like about the eufy video lock is that it has a camera built in and it works as a doorbell as well Personally, I think the Eufy video lock is great for apartments or cottages where you can't necessarily add extra holes for a video doorbell. My favorite part about it though is that there isn't a monthly fee and your recordings are locally stored, so you don't have to worry about someone else owning your doorbell data. You can find it on Amazon, or if you want to know more, search Eufy video lock, that's E-U-F-Y video lock, or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. I think some of the big players like Amazon actually auto-revoke keys if they see them go to GitHub or anything like that. Is that right? Oh, that's interesting. I did not know that. I think so. Um, I think there's definitely some that will, you know, monitoring it and will go, "Uh, sorry, you just posted this to GitHub. We're going to kill it. Well, I guess it's similar to the... um, uh, the have I been owned sensor. Right. Um, if you detect, you know, your password's being hacked from a website, you can send yourself an alert. So I guess Amazon would do something similar. If they see mm. a unique API key somewhere in a, in a list somewhere, they go, okay, yeah, that's been hacked. Don't use it anymore. Yeah, pull yeah. it out. Um, breaking news. Um, home, there's a bug in Home Assistant Cloud, uh, which has just come out earlier today. Um, yeah which is that there was a misconfiguration which makes the cloud stop working after 30 days. Uh, it's been fixed, but you have to disable and re-enable the skill on the, on the Amazon, Amazon Echo, Echo app. Yep. And log in and out, log out and in, um, in Home Assistant, and that will sort it out. I think it's something to do, I was reading in Discord, something to do with a, a token that was expiring or something like that. Right. Yeah, it would expire after 30 days, and there was no way to really stop that. Mm, but... Sounds like they jumped on it pretty fast and got it sorted. So yeah, yeah, and it's yeah, fine. and it sounds like it's fixed for future. Mm. Uh, yeah, because it's just we have fixed the config but can't fix existing. Yeah, so I guess it, it is fixed for the future. So again, it is in beta, so these kind of hiccups are expected. So exactly, it's currently free. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, while we're talking about Home Assistant Cloud and the Amazon Echo, it's coming to Australia and New Zealand. Hooray! That's <laughs> right. That's right. Um, you, you can share my excitement uh, that I had a few months ago now. Yeah, we were just talking about 
you know, pricing and things like that. And so many retailers in New Zealand have already jumped on it. I got quite a few emails this morning. Going, Here's our pricing and sign up to pre-order and get it on February 1st. <laughs> nice. So I can see on um, amazon.com.au now there's um, uh, some basic integrations that will be live. Um, SBS news service here will be available for uh, flash briefings. And there's also things going to be like Qantas, our airline here in Australia. You'll be able to go, you know, ask the voice assistant, you know, what's the status of my flight and she'll respond. So, yes, yeah, so there's good integrations coming along out of the box as well. Very cool. Yeah, just just keep in mind if you have it uh, today, uh, you will likely lose a few of those integrations, a few, few integrations that you have. So they do operate in the concept of regionalized stores. Um, again, like I, and we were talking about this offline as well. Um, I found out the hard way that, yeah, I guess uh, I don't have certain things like like the BBC, uh, BBC uh, app and, and so on and so forth um, in, in Canada. So you will, be, you will be forced onto a new store. And, and even though my, my Echoes were registered in the US technically, um, they did tie it back to my Canadian account and they actually migrated it over when I changed um, the... Yeah, that's th- what I'm afraid of. Yeah, because at some point they uh, they did enable you to be able to use uh, your addresses even before it was actually uh, announced that it was coming to Canada. So I changed, I put my postal code in and stuff so that yep. I didn't have to say, hey, what's the weather in Toronto every time rather than just saying, hey, what's the weather? Mm. Yeah. Um, so... so y- uh, by I don't know if that's what did it or what, but uh, they did uh, tie it back to my back to my uh, Amazon account and said, "Hey, your account is registered out of the U.S. Uh, out of Canada, so we're going to pull you out of the U.S. store and put you into the Canada store," which uh, kind of sucked a little bit. Mm. <laughs> but yeah, but uh, again, it's still it's still for my home for my internal home usage, it still works well. Um, most of the providers were still there. What about the major ones um, like Logitech for the remote or I think Sonos is still dragging their feet on the Canadian launch, but were the big skills that you found didn't work that you were expecting to come over? No, from a, from a home automation perspective, most of mine uh, came over and, and the big ones were Wemo, Lutron and uh, SmartThings, uh, which, which I use for my uh, using the smarter SmartThings, right? I use it as my Zigbee and Z-Wave, uh, Z-Wave bridge. Yep. So, but outside of those, I didn't really have a ton of stuff that I was I was missing out on. Um, but uh, again, those are mine. And even now, as I like, if I scroll through the Canadian store, there is there is quite a bit of uh, integrations for for home automation. Um, the only thing is, again, I'm not sure how this is going to affect uh, those that are on the uh, on the Home Assistant Cloud beta either. Um, so, like Dan, Phil, I know you both uh, you both are on it as well. So you may or may not lose connectivity to that. Yeah, I assume uh, unless uh, Home Assistant publishes it to the Australian Alexa store uh, come February 1st for Australia, I will yeah. lose access to that. Yeah, and, and just with my luck, the day uh, the day uh, we got uh, private access to the, to the beta, that was <laughs> I think, like the day before or something that they punted me over to the Canadian store. Of course. And I was like, all right, cool, great. <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, so a little, little bit of a caveat there for... Just a, just a heads up from my my used experience. <laughs> All right, Phil, tell us about HA Dockermon. All right, so it's no secret I use Docker for my home automation and home assistant running. So um, one of the things I've been really wanting to get into home assistant is the ability to see the status of my running containers on the NAS. 
So I created a little Node.js uh, API, which you can just use with the RESTful switches and sensors that Home Assistant already has. And then you can see things like, you know, is the MySQL container up? Is it down? Um, you can do things like uh, add voice control to those containers. So if you um, want to, you know, get home and say, hey, uh, you know, my voice assistant, turn on my Plex Media Server container and up it will run. Um, so, yeah, that, that's something that I thought, you know, I'll just knock it out and share it around. And, yeah, people have been finding it really easy to use and we've got some good feedback so far. Yeah, nice. It's, yeah, and yeah, I didn't actually know that really that there was a REST uh, switch, so it's actually really cool to see it in use and, you know, yeah. being able to get the status and control it all all just with a RESTful API. Yeah, exactly. It's just simple um, and it's called local, so it's not like you need the internet or anything for it to run. It just mm. pings your local uh, Docker connection socket, sees if it's up or down, and then just returns like a, a true or false to Home Assistant and then displays the switch inside Home Assistant as well. Another use case I had for it was um, in Docker. It's really, uh, it can be hit and miss using the Home Assistant restart and stop buttons. So I created a script uh, which you can use to just uh, call that Node.js API and it will do a Docker restart on the Home Assistant container. And, you know, it's great for when you're editing configs and you don't want to have to open up a shell and issue the command to just turn off Home Assistant. Yeah, exactly. Um, I was actually we were talking about before how I restart my Home Assistant every night and I was just going to have a look at the uh, HES CLI and see exactly how it restarts. Um Home Assistant, because I was saying that with Wemo, especially if you just restart the container, it kind of makes things a bit angry mm-hmm. um, because Wemo only has a certain amount of um, uh, subscriptions before it dies. So do they build up every, like, over time and then you just need to kill them by restarting Home Assistant? Well, usually when Home Assistant starts, it creates a subscription and that's it because you're not subscribed. Right. But if you restart Home Assistant without restarting it properly, it... Um, doesn't unsubscribe right okay so you end up running out of um, subscriptions yeah hmm. yeah i wonder if uh i wonder if uh belkin has a fix coming out for that because that'd be that seems more of a platform problem from their their end just because hey you know just add a timeout or something like that right so that'd be nice <laughs> yeah i wonder i wonder if that's a, that would prevent you from having to restart your uh, your home assistant every day so what happens when you do run out of subscriptions how do you unsubscribe is it a manual yeah, process go around and unplug the switch and plug it back in <laughs> oh you have to do that oh right okay. yeah <laughs> yeah that's not ideal <laughs> yeah it's really not yeah so yeah that's the only thing you can do and i have too many and some of them are in really hard to reach places so it's a real pain yeah it's 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 funny because i i, I had this dilemma the other day too so one of my one of my wemos died and uh, so the big thing was, okay, do I stick to Wemo or do I pick something else, <laughs> right? And uh, unfortunately, they're still they're still among the best. And you know what? Their their Twitter support's actually pretty uh, pretty decent. I will I will give them a shout out for that. Um, but uh, yeah, but uh, I ended up buying more uh, Wemo minis. Um, but yeah, their their APIs, I guess, could use a little more work. I thought they were just stopping production, or was that just the light bulb they stopped production on? I don't know. I didn't. Uh, maybe it's one. just here in Australia. I remember maybe it was, the, you know, the Belkin Wemo something all of a sudden just disappeared off the shelves. So I just yeah, assumed, oh, it did, they're, it they're did done. Yeah, too. 
is that just all Wemo or just specific like uh, specific products on the Wemo? Well, I can still like see stuff online um, for the, under the Wemo brand, but I don't know if that's old stock that they're just trying to get rid of, or if you know it was just like one product line, like the light bulb that they've stopped pro- stocking here. Huh? Weird. Yeah, it's because I'm I'm just looking on uh, one of our retailers' websites right now, and I see the light switch, the Wi-Fi plug, the mini plug, dimmer, and uh, the Insight. So yeah, I guess I guess yeah. they do still have it. Well, they do here at least. Oh, that's good because they're much cheaper than buying Z-Wave gear. Mm. Yeah, well, exactly, right? Yeah, no, looking at our retailers, all they have is the light bulbs now, um, which was good for me because about, I don't know, six months ago, the the switches dropped in price by like 50%, so I bought mm-hmm. heaps. Uh, maybe that's it. Maybe they stopped selling the um, the switches here. Mm. Yeah, I'm not sure if there's a regulation thing that they might have been hitting or something. Well, so. It would have been like a, a regional thing that would have had to produce a different you know set of plugs for australia new zealand then you know north america and the uk if they weren't selling here just cut it out yeah well i mean it could have been a dollars thing too right and which mm. kind of get it but and light bulbs are generally this you know single standard you know e27 a19 is the yeah. same thing they work mm. worldwide so that's just one product line they have to maintain. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, gets, uh, I guess it gets harder when you're dealing with sockets that have no standards. So, Yeah. And I have to say I'm not not too sad about seeing automation products go away in general because there's too many of them anyway. Yeah. So I think, yeah. you know, them dying of natural causes is just a side <laughs> effect of how many <laughs> manufacturers are in on the game. And yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's true I, I guess that's what we're calling it now right natural causes <laughs> yeah <laughs> well it's kind of like you know um natural selection natural the, selection yeah the the, <laughs> the the good stuff stays around and the rest of it dies off and you end up with a stronger infrastructure or ecosystem in general <laughs> I, I i guess i'm just saying i just end up spending more money so <laughs> <laughs> so for, for for what it's worth it might be good or bad i'm not i'm not sure yet <laughs> Yeah, that's but, the problem uh, is, you know, something better comes along and you go, right, I'm going to replace this thing that I spent like $2,000 on with this thing that cost $4,000 and now I have both. Well, well, that's it, right? And it's, it's so it's funny for us. Uh, it was like the, uh, for me personally, it was like the Echo B. Uh, so I'd gotten the Echo B3 and, uh, and then I loved it, whatever. It's great. Uh-huh, works really well, integrates with stuff really well. And then they came out with the four, which is basically the three with, uh, with, uh, Amazon's voice assistant built in. Right. And I was like, oh, I kind of want it just because then it, my, my, like I can just yell the, the wake word literally anywhere and it's just for pervasive coverage. And I was like, <laughs> I'm not spending that much more on thing. And, and, and it's funny cause they didn't even release it here first. They're, they're a Canadian company, but uh, they're, they're out of Toronto, but they released it in, I believe in the U S first. Cause, uh, that functionality wasn't available in Canada yet, right? Because we didn't have the store yet and they hadn't announced the launch and stuff. But then when, uh, when the echo came here, they, they released it here as well. But, but yeah, it's, it's to your point, just more money. Well, it's interesting because, you know, come like five years ago, you would never have thought to update your thermostat every year when a new model comes out. Yeah. That thing would have stayed in your house for 20, 30 years. If it, assuming it didn't break. Now there's a yeah. new model that comes out every 12 months. It's like, you know, upgrading your smartphone. Yeah, well, exactly. But, but Phil, Phil, I've taken the old school approach of this. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not until this thing dies, it's staying here. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Nothing. You got to 
But yeah, I know I was just, you know, reading through blogs and stuff and reading uh, and listening to some podcasts and such as well. There was, uh, there was quite a bit of stuff in uh, CES as well that's focused towards home automation and such. So it should be apparently everybody's saying 2018 should be an interesting year for, for home automation. So yeah, a lot of the big players have um, booths set up like uh, Fibaro, the um, Z-Wave manufacturer, they'll have like a whole section at CES. Um, so I think there's um, actually a whole like little category over there where they're all bunched up together. So it would be cool one year to go and check out all the home automation stuff. Yeah, exactly. I need to, I need to have a GoFundMe now. Uh, just, <laughs> <laughs> please send me to CES. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, it's, uh, but apparently there's a ton of cool stuff coming out, um, all the way from health stuff, this like health sleep tracking and such. The um, new, uh, Nokia sleep bed mattress cover, I think was announced as well. Uh, are, are we, are we saying Nokia, like, like the phone manufacturer kind of? Yeah. Yeah. So, well, Whoa. Nokia health, I should, I think they're a different company. They, um, they brought out Y things, which have the smart scale. Yeah. Mm. So they um, announced a um, a smart sleep tracker at CES. Oh, very cool! Yeah, so th- there's been quite a few of this uh, this kind of stuff, right? I don't I don't know who makes it. It might be it might be the one you're talking about, Phil. Um, where there was uh, I was hearing that they might uh, people are looking at you know tying AI into this and stuff to say, hey, here's how you're sleeping and such, and then yeah. you know here's your resting BPM, and then you get a heart attack or something, and it's like, okay, let's you know, hey, you've you've had a heart attack and, and hopefully they do something intelligent with that rather than just saying like, oh yeah, by the way. Hey, uh, now your insurance premium is going up because you had a heart attack. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. So hope, hopefully it's something a little more, uh, a little more thing. But uh, again, it's, it's that kind of stuff should be pretty interesting to see as well. See what comes out in 2018. Yeah, the Nokia Sleep looks pretty cool actually and it goes under the mattress, not even just under the sheets on top. So you'd never feel it, which is really cool. Yeah. Yeah, that that was I my like thing. That. I had I had I had bought one uh, a while ago. I forget I forget what brand it was, but uh, it goes under your sheets, and I I could I could feel it right, and I was mm-hmm. like, uh, okay, that's kind of. And then eventually I got used to it, and then but I still I still wasn't a huge fan. Uh, just it's it's weird things, right? You have to have it have to have your phone plugged in, the app open, and blah blah blah, and so it's like oh, okay, it's too much work. Yeah, it just needs to be set and forget. And it would be cool mm-hmm. if you can detect when people are in the bed, so they like you can disable motion sensors. That's one like thing I'd use a sleep uh, mm-hmm. bed motion pressure sensor for, just to disable yeah. those motion sensors. Yeah, yeah, that's the one thing I haven't solved properly yet. I, I keep meaning to build the capacitive sensors that I've been ta- I've talked about before. I just haven't got around to it because it's a lot of effort. Buying one of these things is just easy. Absolutely, <laughs> <laughs> oh, someone's already done the hard work for you. Just plug exactly. It in. That's it. <laughs> Yeah, quite happy to spend money to so not have to get the soldering iron out. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, I mean, that's about it, actually, isn't it? I think so. Yeah, that's it. Fantastic. Yeah. That that land co- that that, uh, that last conversation wasn't even slated, and we just there you go. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> CES update. <laughs> yeah, and I think uh, yeah, seeing as we're you know we're the hosts of a popular home automation podcast, we should get press passes and flights to the next CES. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> But that's perfect. how it works, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, exactly I mean, how it works. I'm, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure. I mean, just beg a little bit and uh, <laughs> and see what exactly. happens from there. We'll just drop a name of the company in, just to say we were the guest of this company. That's fine. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys, and we'll be back in a couple of weeks. Cheers, guys. Thanks. Thanks.